0: We all know that opioids for the last 21 years have ravished America. Some areas, I would say, worse than others when you really think about it. Now, the rural areas probably took one of the hardest hits in the country. These are areas, in many cases, that struggle to keep medical staff because they don't really have the ability to give them big salaries. But it seems to be getting even worse. in rural areas without pain or addiction specialists, so they don't have any drug counselors in many rural areas around the country. So family doctors are trying to act as a doctor in one instance and a counselor in another in these places that are lacking those kind of people. So I have some audio I want you to listen to in regards to this very subject matter. Okay.
1: seven years now doctors across this country have been prescribing fewer opioids than in the past they better understand the dangers of addiction to the painkillers but that is a national figure in rural areas opioid use remains significantly higher than elsewhere one rural doctor wants to change that wisconsin public radio's bram sable smith begins this story with one of her patients one reason there's
2: more opioid prescriptions in the rural U.S. is that rural Americans simply have more chronic pain. They tend to be older, so painful conditions like arthritis are more prevalent. Injuries also seem to be more common in rural areas, as do labor-intensive jobs. For Michael Cruckton, the pain began with the chemo and radiation therapies he received for lung cancer back in 2011. I did not respond to it very well. They started me out with the chemo. It was very harsh. Cructon's 62 now and cancer free, but the
1: treatments left him with permanent and severe nerve damage in his hands and feet. A lot of aches and pains. Like last night, I was sitting in my recliner and talking on the phone, and all of a sudden, I get a real sharp, jolting pain, like in my big toe. The pain was so bad,
2: Cructon had to stop working at the ethanol plant near his home in Nisida, Wisconsin. Daily chores like chopping wood for his furnace or even carrying a plate of food became challenging. And maybe worst of all, the pain would keep him awake at night. A lot of nights I bombed the pill while trying to get sleep. I get so frustrated and restless that I was palmering the pill just to try to get to sleep. Kroktor brought up the pain with his family physician, Angela Gadsky-Plawman. She's the only full-time doctor in the central Wisconsin village. Only 916 people live here. Her patients call her Dr. Gadsky to avoid confusing her with her husband, Dr. Plowman, the county's only pediatrician.
1: Hello. How Hi, thanks for Good,
2: how are you? Dr. Gatsky tries to avoid prescribing opioids when she can, but alternative treatments for pain are limited around here. The nearest physical therapy is a 17 mile drive away. Other treatments, like cognitive therapy, require an even longer drive, at least an hour. For Michael Cruckton's pain, she first tried prescribing one, then two nerve pain medications, neither of which quite helped enough. Eventually, she prescribed the opioid hydrocodone. That finally gave Cructin enough relief to sleep at night.
1: So what sorts of things are you able to do because your pain is alleviated to the point that you can
2: sleep? Well, without the sleep, I was a couch potato. Naseed is not exactly the center of the opioid epidemic. The overdose death rate in this county is about in line with the Wisconsin state average. But the next county over has one of the highest overdose death rates in the state. And when Dr. Gatsky came to Nesita in 2010, opioid prescribing was hitting its peak.
1: We were all seeing that in our practice too. We were seeing that some patients were losing control of their ability to use these. It became very problematic. Dr. Gatsky made a concerted
2: effort to reduce opioids. To date, she only has about 10 patients on monthly prescriptions. And she asked them all to sign something called a medication treatment agreement. These are contracts that essentially lay out the rules for getting an opioid prescription. Patients like Michael Crockton have to agree to stipulations, like only getting opioids from Dr. Gatsky and submitting to random pill counts. Cruchton's something of a model patient in that
1: regard. You come in for appointments regularly, and you're always on time, and If I ask for something, like if I ask to have a urine drug screen to make sure that you're not using other substances, that you'll do that.
2: If a patient violates the agreement,
1: Dr. Gatsky can
2: stop prescribing them opioids. But the point of these contracts is not about punishment, it's about communication. They're an opportunity to remember the risks and warning
1: signs of addiction. Last night, I had only taken one hydrocodone instead of two, and It was satisfactory with the discomfort, the pains, and the pain yeah. that it might be. And that's good that you don't take it to just put yourself asleep, right? right? I mean, because it's not, it's not a oh. sleep medicine. Good. Thanks that's for fine. coming. We'll see you soon.
2: Well, one Friday afternoon, Dr. Gatsky realized there was another crucial element missing in the SETA, treatment for addiction. She got a call from a patient in crisis. He lost control of his use of opioids and he
1: needed help. I didn't have any resources to be able to give him. I was literally sitting in this office, Googling while we're talking on the phone, someplace where he could get help in the area.
2: And there was nothing available. Something needed to change. So last year, Dr. Gatsky started prescribing buprenorphine. It's an effective medication for addiction, but it's nowhere near as accessible in rural America as in urban parts of the country. More than 10 million rural Americans live in a county where there is not a single clinician who can prescribe the drug.
1: Hello. Good. How are
2: you? I'm tired. Katina Stoffel
1: is one of Dr.
2: Gadsby's patients. 35 years old now, Stoffel started getting kidney stones back in high school. She's had many surgeries to remove the painful obstructions. She was also prescribed opioids. From there, her story takes a familiar turn.
1: I started becoming addicted to the pain medication.
2: Stoffwood has struggled with addiction since she was 16, progressing from prescription opioids to heroin and meth. In May, Dr. Gatsky started her on buprenorphine.
1: Are you having any side effects right now from the buprenorphine? Any constipation? No. Okay.
2: Dr. Gatsky's buprenorphine patients also have to sign contracts. Part of their agreement is to participate in a treatment program that goes beyond just the medicine. Stofflet works with a counselor and a recovery specialist at a recovery center that opened recently about 20 miles away from Nacida. Stofflet herself lives another 30 miles north of there.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's a lot of driving.
2: Even so, Stofflet says her frequent visits with Dr. Gatsky are worth the drive for more than the prescription.
1: I never thought I could have that like, kind of relationship with my doctor.
2: The opioid crisis is not as simple as one or two people's stories more complicated than the number of overdose deaths or pills prescribed in a given county, but it is real and present here in Nesita. Dr. Gatsky can see that.
1: I have to respond to what's going on in the community, and I have to listen to what it is that my patients need.
2: And so with the limited resources available to her, she does
0: what she can. Okay, y'all. This is probably going to be ongoing even in 2020, because there are so many things unresolved when it comes down to the opioid plague. And as you can see, the rural areas were bad, probably the one of the worst hit in the country, and it's still bad. And on top of that, they have no drug counselors there. And it's all about money. I mean, they if you take any type of medical job in a rural community, you can expect not to get paid anything decent. And that's been an ongoing problem. If they really wanted to change this whole thing, they would make sure at least medical personnel make good money. Now, I did a story on this elderly doctor himself, and he was taking care of all of these elderly patients. He was the only doctor at the hospital. And ladies and gentlemen, he was only making $30,000 a year. There's people in IT that makes more than this doctor in, in a rural area. It doesn't make any sense, but, you know, The struggle is still on with opioids, ladies and gentlemen. It is far from over. And I was looking at a few other stories. Over-prescribing is still happening out here. They're trying their best to cut down on it, but it is still going on, as well as people buying it off of the dark web. You know, that has not stopped one bit either. So. The rural areas, like it said in the audio, still got a high amount of people abusing opioids. No end in sight. But please, ladies and gentlemen, understand This has been one interesting fight. You know, it's definitely different from the crack epidemic. But I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to my podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and those of you that have supported this podcast, I deeply thank you. Your support has not gone unnoticed at all. And if you are not a supporter of this podcast, please consider becoming a new supporter. You know, I intend on increasing the amount of podcasts that I will be doing starting in January. Peace, family.